My logic is that a James Harden-led team where he was the best player would one kick away from the NBA Finals. A Kevin Durant-led team has not reached those same heights for me because he wasn't the best player on the Warriors. So that's my logic. Um, I think you get the best players in the starting spots. Mm. I respect that, that's, that's, I a, that's a conversation for a different day because even I disagree with that. <laughs> but um, I in term, my question to you guys though is that obviously everyone has the Nets or everyone has Kyrie, KD or some combination in there my thing no, is no, Jim, Jim don't have Kyrie actually he does he does no he does you don't have Kyrie Daniel eh? no I don't, I don't have Kyrie still because I I just personally think that yo you say I'm in a battle like Vidic Yeah man I got 90 minutes I got my eye on the ball But I see red on my right, no Kimmich But if you reach his pocket I'm gonna see cards from Dean That's a one match ban from leagues So I can't ride out for the team So I can't ride out for the team If they ask me who the goal is I gotta say Nicholas Bentner I know I'm just joking Everyone knows that Messi is better I'm trying to get my sterling up in this city So see if you play As soon as my child can walk It's straight project Mbappé but all the verbal As soon as I hear that whistle We get straight to the action Come on lads, where's the passion? Do like Alamazzini Wear headbands for the fashion If the defenders drop back We counter and then attack them I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball Yes, we're back for another episode of Eyes on the Court. It's your favourite guys, your favourite NBA panel, best NBA panel in the UK. You already know where it's at. We've got all the insight, all the takes for you, all the hot takes, all the spicy takes. And today's going to be an interesting episode, as usual. Um, We couldn't help and not bring on one of our special esteemed guests. I don't even think you're a guest anymore, Joe. I can't even lie to you. <laughs> you, know, you might as well be one of the panels. Our very own Brian Windhorst in the house. <laughs> we got Joe. What are you saying, Joe? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. How about all of you? It's good, man. Glad to have you yeah. back on, Joe. Always oh, good to, to talk NBA. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this one all day, man. So, season's been crazy, man. Yeah, man, it's always good to have you on, Joe. Obviously, you've got Nadim, got Darren, got the usual suspects back to discuss the NBA. I say, uh, let's get straight into it, man. The first question we have on the agenda is the biggest disappointments from this season. Obviously, now in 2021, we're getting to the All-Star break. You can kind of, or we have a kind of a better or a good picture as to how things are going to play out this season in terms of who's going to make the playoffs, the teams who have been good, teams who have been bad. And unless we see any anything dramatic, as things stand now, there aren't going to be too many changes to that. But we never know. We never know. But I'll go to Nadim first. In your opinion, who do you think the most disappointing player has been this season? And player. why? Yeah, player. Um, I'm not sure about player, but I think... Um, if it was player on a team, I'd say the Mavs. Because no, I asked for a player. I asked for a player. I don't, I don't have, I don't have oh, I don't know, player. Who's, who's uh, disappointed you? What player? It doesn't have to be disappointment that they played bad, but it could be disappointment oh, okay. that they haven't as Ajay much Barrett. hit. Ajay Barrett, okay. actually. 
Aj okay. Brown, just because I expected much more from him, I thought he would take that second year leap, and he's done okay, but it just hasn't been as good as I. It's because it's based on expectations, and maybe I expected too much from the guy, but I thought he'll take that leap into being that New York star. It's been Julius Randle, but uh, yeah, so he's disappointed me a little bit. I, I thought that he would be the go-to guy in New York, and obviously second year, still he's still developing as a player, but I, I thought that I would see more from him this season. Hasn't he improved his like season averages from last year? No, yeah, no, he has. But it's not when I watch him, I always kind of feel like he could be better in a way. I, just because I had so much high expectations from him from high school when he yeah. went to Duke, I always thought that he would be this like a, I always thought he'd be a superstar. But yeah. so I have that really high expectation of what I thought he could be. And look, it's in second year as well. I think it's it's it's, it's a bit harsh of me to say. You know, he's been a disappointment, but just on what I thought he would be the second year, having that extended break from not going to the bubble to he's had like, I think, eight months. And you see some of the guys who had that long break and how they came back into this season. I thought he'd take that leap where he go. Yeah, he might be an all star this season, but you know, but he's improved. But it's just I thought he'd do more. Do you know what? I hear you on that regard. And I think I think it's indicative of the whole NBA as a whole, like. What we do as fans sometimes is we have these expectations of certain players when really and truly we should be accepting them for what they are. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I looked at RJ Barrett in his first season in the Knicks and I didn't have the same expectations you obviously are saying you had for him. Like, I think he will be a good player. Will he be an all-star during this league? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think so. I think so. Because it's the second season, so I'm being extremely hard. Yeah, yeah, But I still think he's developing. But I, I do think he has the ability to be, maybe, I don't know if a superstar, because it's hard to tell yet now, but I think he can be an all-star in this league. I think he has the game and he has the confidence. You can obviously see it. You can obviously see the confidence in him that eventually he can be an all-star in this league. Hmm. I, I think the criticism is fair because, you know, as you mentioned, uh, when he was at Duke and coming into Duke, he was regarded as one of the best players uh, in the country. Uh, um, in his age, or obviously in that um, age group, yeah. and if we look at the, it, when uh, the media was, you know, doing coverage of the the draft, we were told it was a top three. Do you know what I'm saying? It was it was Zion, Ja, and RJ, yeah. and clearly, as their their seasons have their careers have begun, there's a clear gap for me in terms of Ja. You can argue Ja then Zion or have them in the same level. But RJ is clearly not on the same level as those guys. So I think you can make a point that he's not, you know, meeting his trajectory. And even when they were coming out of high school, it was, I think, I, I can't remember who was one, either Zion or RJ and Cam it Reddish. Was Cam Reddish, number yeah. one. It was Cam Reddish, number one. So you see, that's yeah. how highly rated they were. And I do, Cam Reddish took a step back and he became kind of like a spot-up shooter and, and RJ had the ball in his hand a lot. But and so from that, I just expected that, okay, he'll be the one that eventually takes over. But he just hasn't, Done yet. And it, when you compare him to Zion and Ja, it doesn't it doesn't match up favor, favorably as well. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, Barrett's an interesting one. I, I covered that draft. Um, I, I still had him in my top ten, but I was a little bit lower. I think the, the thing I look at with players is I look what skills are they developing? Because obviously, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the second year player is not going to be the complete package. But for me. He's never going to be a good shooter, and that's fine. But if you're not going to shoot, you need to have that burst to get downhill. 
So Ja Morant's mm. not a great shooter, but when he's inside the paint, he's just stepping around people. His acceleration is elite. With Barrett, I don't know if he's got that in his locker to be that slasher. So in terms of that draft class, I mean, the guy who went after him was DeAndre Hunter. Uh, he's mm. taken, I know he's injured now and people aren't going to see it because it was a small sample, but he took a leap this year, you know. And with Barrett, I've been a little bit disappointed. But what I will say about the Knicks, uh, their floor spacing is horrendous, which I think actually, <laughs> I know we'll talk about All-Stars later, but that helps Julius Randle's case because they don't, they got Quickly, who looks like a good rookie. You know, he, for me, is already a better prospect than Barrett. But other than that, you know, you've got the, they got their rim running bigs like Nolan's Noel and Mitch Robb, who don't space the floor. Uh, their guards are kind of just veterans and, I don't think Barrett's in the right situation. I think if you put him somewhere like somewhere that's got a stretch five or somewhere like Indiana where they've got Sabonis handling the ball, he'd look a lot better. Um, mm. he, you know, he's. I, I think the thing is, I think when teams are trying to develop Barrett, they just want to shoot, but that's not his game and that's never going to be his game. You know, you've got yeah. to get him attacking downhill, using on some of the plays that the Spurs used DeMar DeRozan on, that kind of usage. Yeah, I, what I will say just to wrap it up though is that on his three point percentage has even gone down from last season significantly. Yeah. So that already shows that this guy not necessarily going to be a shooter. But when I look at someone like RJ Barrett and maybe even Alonso, I just think that there's there's with with the build and with the sample size we've seen of Alonso, I know we kind of know what Alonso is going to be. RJ still has enough time to kind of realize the game that, or the player that he wants to be in the NBA and then obviously if you think he's going to be an all-star he needs to realize that game quicker rather than later. Darren, who's your player? Who have you got up? I'm going to go Jamal Murray, man. Um, had a high expectation coming into the season. I thought, oh. um, I did think that the Nuggets would take a step back as far as their record, which they have um, with the loss of Jeremy Grant. Some people underestimated that loss. He's averaging 25 a game right now in um, Detroit. But, um, yeah, in terms of Jamal Murray, I thought that, you know, we'd get something in between bubble Jamal Murray and normal regular season Jamal Murray. But really and truly, he's just gone back to normal regular season Jamal Murray. Um, I think what he did in the bubble is still, you know, indicative of what he can do in the playoffs. But he just hasn't been the same guy this regular season. Um, I think that's why we have to see, we see Jokic putting up stupid numbers every game. Um, in if they're trying to grind out a win, you know what I mean? Jokic has to go crazy nearly every night. And um, yeah. that's because Jamal Murray ain't stepping up. I think, like, I'm not saying that. It's similar to what Nadim's saying in terms of, it's not like he's taking steps back or anything, but he just hasn't met the expectations going into this season. And they, they got to improve their record. They are currently eighth in the West at 15 and 13. That's not good enough for, yeah. for a team that talented. Yeah, Nadim, what do you think about that? I think, well, first of all, Jamal Murray has been dealing with some some like injury issues. I think with knee, I think, was it shoulder or something at one point this season? Yeah, he's always injured. Yeah, he doesn't use it as an excuse. I'm not going to use it as an excuse for him. I think the issue is the guard spot in, in the West is so loaded that if when you have expectations for someone and they fall below them, you automatically start putting other people ahead of them, essentially. And I think it's not like he's playing at a level that he's never played at before. This is who Jamal Murray has always been. 
the numbers, I think he's averaging are consistent with what he's done in the last couple of years. I guess with what he did in the bubble, you expected more from him, which is understandable. But I, I also think he he's one of those players that turns it up when it comes to the postseason. Regular season, he seems to be doing, this seems to be him. But I, I do think, to me, he's one of the most skilled point guards in the NBA. He gets to wherever he wants on the floor. I, I, so I love watching him play. So I, I do understand the disappointment, but I, I do think those injuries have slightly impacted him a little bit. Mm. Yeah, Jamal Murray's kind of an interesting one because he he guards like he doesn't touch the rim very often. That's not really his game. He's more of a kind of mid-range pull-up artist. I'd like to see him get more usage, but Denver, obviously, they, they run the offense for Jokic, but they've got, let's talk about underrated guys, Monte Morris, they've got, they bring off the bench. They've got MPJ, who definitely has superstar potential. I think the tough thing for Murray to develop is that he's developing at the same time as all these other guys who need and want the ball in their hands. So, you know, he's pretty much identical to who he was last year in terms of the numbers, in terms of the advanced numbers, you know, foul drawing, where he's taking his shots from. It's very similar. So he's, I, I could definitely see why someone would be disappointed in him because he's not taken a jump. Um, he's not played at the level he did in the bubble. But I yeah. don't know if that's him or that's just whether Denver actually... Denver move the ball around a lot. They're unselfish and obviously that plays for Jokic. So I guess the question to ask is, alongside Jokic, can a guard ever take the next step? Because they're not yeah. they're not going to reach the Harden, Luca, Trey, if you want to go Bradley Beal levels of usage because they run things through Jokic at the high post. So, you know, are the guards they've got, are they always going to be kind of at that level of staying where they are? I think for me, when I look at a guy like Jamal Murray, it's, it's about, you can't necessarily, but the reason, the re, do you know, let me go with this first. The reason why I get why you would put him in the most disappointing category is because of what we saw from him in the bubble as well. Like what we saw from him was like real clutch stuff, like big moments. Obviously, I know Jokic is still their best player, but Jamal Murray was that clutch guy, that closer. Do you know hey, he got 40 in game seven, if you may remember. Against <laughs> no, 100. Hundred percent, bro. Even let's cast our minds to the first game. Him and Donovan Mitchell, yeah, him and Donovan Mitchell going at it. Do you know what I'm saying? So we expected higher things, and you could even you could even put um, MPJ in that category as well in terms of like the stocks that we had in these guys going into the season were high, like top top level stuff. And I just think maybe they're just falling a bit short of it. And I think maybe with Jamal Murray, it's another it's a classic case of let's see. If, Let's wait till the playoffs and see if he elevates his game. And maybe he is a playoff performer rather than a regular season one. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, nah, I, I hear that still. I hear that. For me, before we go to Joe, um, just to keep it short and sweet, I think my most disappointing player is Jimmy Butler, in it? And I know he's had injuries this season, which can kind of go in his favour. But what I will say is that, look, the Heat are, what, 11 and 17 this season, something like that. Um, they're on a three-game losing streak, I believe, right now. Um, they can't buy a win, and when you look at it, when you look at it on the face, like on the face of it, going into the season, you see Harden's available. People and they're, and they're hearing obviously Duncan Robertson, Tyler Hero, whatever the package was. They're like, oh, we can never trade away Tyler Hero and Duncan Robertson for Harden. It makes no sense, and obviously maybe it doesn't in terms of what they want to do, but. Are those guys going to take them to the next level? Was that just an anomaly, the bubble? And I think it was an anomaly, in it? 
But the reason why I put Butler in the most disappointing category is because Butler was someone who, at the beginning of the season, I put... I think we both did, Daryl. We put him in our top 10 players yep. going into the season. Has he played, performed no. like a top 10 player? No, Not even it. close. Not even close. And the fact that this is an unprecedented year in the fact that there's, there's about... I remember reading this stat. There's about 35 players who are averaging 20 or more. And Butler isn't even one of them. And I just think when that's happening and you're the guy that things are run through, you're the one who who's the leader of that team, is the go-to guy. It, we can't just ignore it. Do you know what I'm saying? We can't. And I, to this day, I still don't understand why Butler doesn't shoot more threes. Like, he's not a Ben Simmons. Like, that's not the kind of guy he is. He can shoot threes, but for some reason, he doesn't shoot them. So, for me, yeah, Jimmy Butler has just has definitely been disappointed for me. Yeah, personally. I don't know what you guys think. I can hear it. I can hear because statistically, especially when we compare it to how how we regarded him at the beginning of the season, in it, we I think we had him as the tenth best guy in the league, and he definitely hasn't been that guy. I think um, obviously the the injuries, COVID has played a factor, yeah, but yeah. he still hasn't met expectations. Uh, their record is poor, eleven and seventeen, coming off an NBA Finals berth. That's abysmal, and yeah. Um, yeah, man, I can't I can't disagree. He hasn't been what we thought he'd be. For sure. I think the Heat as a whole have been a little bit disappointing. So it's not just him. He obviously was with, uh, with I think he had the 10-day the quarantine because the close contact or something like that. Yeah. So most of their team was out anyway. The only constant has been Bama Adebayo. But I think for the Heat to get to where they want to get, he needs to be, he needs to be the focal point where he's, he's getting 30 points on in big games and big wins and it just seems like I agree with you to an extent he sometimes he becomes less aggressive yeah. and he doesn't take shots that he's supposed to in a way and I also I think and that's odd because when you described him but like describe him as a dog someone who's going to, he's going after it every single game but yeah. in some some games it seems like he buys into that team friendly basketball where yeah. the, everyone gets a shot but I actually think if the Miami Heat want to be successful again he needs to be the guy that demands the ball and says, "All right, look, I, I, I'm getting this bucket. I'm the one that will that you're going to in crunch time because that's the Jimmy Butler that made a name for himself in at the, in the Bulls, you know, on the Timberwolves and in the Sixers." Yeah, Joe, what do you think? Um, Butler's interesting because his game is built on power, athleticism, um, change of direction. So players like that, typically, you're seeing it Westbrook. For example, players like that typically decline and they decline quickly. It's not, mm. you know, guys like guys who are built on being a little bit more flashy, a little bit more about technique, um, shooting. Those guys can last. But Jimmy, you're already seeing, in my opinion, I still have him as a top 25, 30 guy, which is the same mm. as I had him in the off offseason. Um, I'm already seeing slight decline from him in terms of him getting to his spots. Uh, he's still, for me, an elite defender. But the thing with Butler is, and this is the thing obviously I knew as a Timberwolves fan, that he's not the guy who's going to score 30 a night. That's not his game. That's not how he impacts the game. He impacts the game by getting into the paint, pulling defenders in, setting the spot of shooters, and setting the tone on the defensive ends. Now, the Heat have been a disaster this year. They've had COVID problems. They've had injuries. Uh, Tyler Hero has fallen back down to earth, uh, despite everyone trying to say he's a star (laughs) all summer. He's not. Uh, he never was uh, for me. I wasn't super high on him in the draft. 
And, you know, a lot of their guys are old. I mean, Dragic had a bad injury in the playoffs. You know, he's gotten a bit older. I just think this Heat team are kind of... It's weird because they weren't trying to win now last year. Even though they have yeah. Butler, that's not their game. Pat Riley just builds competitive teams. He's not sort of doesn't go all in now and he doesn't go all in on the future. So I've been pretty disappointed by them and I could see how Butler would fall into that. But for me, um, the issues have been with the injuries and maybe things outside of his control. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And it's even funny that you make that point just to nip it in the bud. Like the point of athleticism and guys who who their game is literally based on um, pace and power, as they say in football. When you, th- when you think about it, and that's why you need to give so much more appreciation to LeBron James, in my opinion, the way he's been able to change his game, because his game used to be about driving to the hole and using his power, dominating over everyone else. And that's why, of course, I'm not comparing LeBron to these guys, but if you think about other guys whose games have been based on pace, or the power that they have driving to the rim. You look at Blake Griffin, you look at Russell Westbrook, and you look at what's happening to them in the league. Like They've literally not adapt, been able to adapt their game, and they're slowly finding themselves to be walking out of the league. Like Is Westbrook still a star? Is, still, is he still a top 20, 25 guy? I don't Blake, know. Blake could be out Blake. of the league next season. Bro, Bro I, Blake I, could be... <laughs> no, I, I think... I think, no, I think with that, with that also, I think the league also caught up to them. I think it's more like when Westbrook came in, he was the athletic point guard. He was the 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 the, the fastest point guard there was going. Now you look around the league, you see guys like Jaron Fox, Colin Sexton, John Morant, Ben Simmons to an extent, who are fast, who are just as fast and athletic as him. As him, so in a way, everyone has caught up to him. So he kind no, of but- needs the game to slow down again. Nadim, that's my point though. If LeBron also, if LeBron had that same mindset of, you see, when people went, and this is when, and this is what's so funny because me and Darren called it like three years back when guys were complaining at LeBron for not driving to the rim or dri- getting to the hole as much. There's a reason to every process. People want LeBron to be driving to the rim in a in a in a in a in a game against the Atlanta Hawks where they lose ba- maybe by two points, and they want him to drive to the rim. For every single point, get beat up. That's wear and tear. That play that has its toll over the course of the season. You need to play chess, not checkers. And that's some things that not every player will understand, in my opinion. And I think Jimmy Butler, like Joe kind of pointed out, obviously, yeah, again, the injuries, COVID, it might be a team thing. The only thing I would say is that he just better clock that trend sooner rather than later, improving the shooting and whatnot, because that's how he will extend his time in the league. But yeah, Darren. Actually, no, Joe, sorry. Your player. Um, I've gone for LaMarcus Aldridge. So I never thought Ooh. Aldridge would be a sort of win-now piece for the Spurs because they're transitioning to their young guards. they got DeJounte and Derek White back there. Uh, Keldon Johnson looks really mm. good as well. He looks like he's possibly going to be their best player. And you've still got DeMar, who I still think is in the prime of his career. He's adapted his game, but... Aldridge has been near unplayable. So my my hope for Aldridge this season is that he would play well enough so every contender would want him at the deadline. So you know, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm maybe maybe not Lakers and um, Lakers and teams like that. But I was thinking maybe a Bucks or Clippers. You know, one of the sort of teams that's not won it yet. So, but he's been unplayable. The Lakers defensive rating is. 14 points better off with him on the bench. Um, The tape is brutal. He can't... So he literally does not leave the paint. 
So if his man pops to the perimeter, it doesn't matter. It could be Carl Anthony Towns. Um, it could be Davis Bertans. Whoever it is, he doesn't go with them. So he sits in that paint and sort of orders everyone else around. So what I'm getting at is he, for me, if you're going to sign him as a contender, you're playing him 10 minutes off the bench and you're just going, right, just shoot some mid-range, get in the post. He's still got a nice post game, but he is... Um, He's the exact type of player teams shouldn't target at the deadline. And for me, that's a major disappointment because uh, I've been a big fan of his since he's been in the league. And maybe it's harsh because we forget he's 35. So he's at the end of his career, but he is um, unplayable. You know, Jakob Pertels, but they've been much better with him on the court. They've got Drew mm. Eubanks, who they bring off the bench as well. Uh, he's been really brutal to watch. And it's a shame because... I love his mid-range fadeaway. I, I've always loved watching his game. He's kind of a throwback to the old era, but he is um, someone who I don't think contenders are going to seriously target. He might be a buyout candidate, to be honest with you, so someone could get him cheap for like a yeah. tenth man. But beyond that, um, I don't see what he can bring, and that's yeah, that's a real shame. I think what's scary, even to that point, yeah, Darren. Before you go, sorry, is that when you look at. I think in every statistical ca category for Aldridge, he's gone down dramatically from last yeah. season. So in every single category, like he's literally gone down. So it goes to show what happens between the age of 34 and 35. Like he's literally on his way out. It, he, was, it, he was an all-star level player last year. I can't exactly. remember if he made it. I can't I don't remember think he if did. he made it. But I, I, yeah, so he didn't. And I was very angry because he was brilliant last year. Um, yeah. Big reason why they kind of managed to stay afloat despite transitioning, but this year, man, it's been brutal. Because I've always watched the Spurs for him because I, yeah. a bit of a no, I like his game. Like, I've just always liked. It. I loved him in Portland. Um, I remember right before he signed with the Spurs, he was linked with the Suns, and I thought, yeah, that'd be a really good signing for them. Uh, yeah. But he's just been. It's not nice watching players that you grew up watching decline. So that's probably why I've True. answered him to be honest, because yeah. he was. I became an NBA fan in 2011, and at the time, he was one of the best big men in the league, yep. uh, just putting up 20 and 10 a night effortlessly, effortlessly, and uh, just it's not been fun to watch him this year. No, I hear that. I think he's had that, like, not mellow, but he's he's basically skipped the whole decline. Now he's basically just on his way, yeah. out, on his way out of the league. Do you know what I mean? Typically, vets, you get to a point where, as you said, the, the, the process is um, you might still be be a little bit overpaid. You probably get bought out and, and a contender goes and gets you. You know what I'm saying? You, you probably take less money. A contender will come and get you and you can compete for a championship. Like most vets, uh, that's, that is the, the, the decline uh, as you you know get closer to retirement. you As I said, you literally end up on a competing team, but... It, him, it just feels like, as you said, no one really w would want a guy like that. He's not good defensively. Offensively, he ain't giving you much anymore. And the thing is, there's no excuse. Like, people had, people were ugh, shitting on, on uh, Damar. Do you know what I mean? People were throwing dirt on Damar's name that, oh, he's not the same guy anymore. No more an all-star caliber player. Can you get uh, much for him in a trade package? Damar, for me, Damar, um, he's improved. Demar. He's having one of the best seasons yeah, of his has. career. His playmaking has gone to another level. He's rounded out his game. But Lamarcus, he he's just a shadow of himself, man. Sad to see. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. What Nadim, did you have something to say? Oh, yeah, no, just quickly. I, it pains me to hear 
you say that because he's one of my favorite players. I, yeah, I think sure. his skill set has been so unique over the, the last 10 years that people have almost underrated him as a player because he's been such a different, such a skill, like he's so polished, like his touch around the room, he's faded away, he's been one of the most skilled power forwards that I think we've seen in the last you know, 10, 20 years. And I haven't watched much of him this season. I'd obviously heard that I saw a video of him trying to play defense the other day and I just shook my head. But <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's a shame to see. It's a shame to see. But uh, you know, usually you see like a steady decline. That's what I'm saying. Like, it sounds like, yeah. That's what, yeah. That's it, it sounds like. It just, that's what I'm saying. It just, I, feel like, I feel like that's the worst type of decline as well. Exactly. Because at least with a steady decline, you can find your place and find your feet because you will know yeah. your role. When you're literally just literally you literally decline to the bottom point there's no one who will really want you like especially hey, that's what they tried to do to mellow remember how do they exactly. how they mellow? No, exactly exactly and it's that's like the... go on go on go on no, no, no i'm just saying those are, the, those are the declines that hurt the most because you don't even 100%. see coming and you, yeah. you one day you turn up and it's like wait i can't defend anymore i, I can't go to this spot anymore i, I can't well i'm mid-range not working why can't i jump as high it just and it will hurt him more than anybody because he'll yeah. just go one day and go, what happened? Hey, and last point on for me, he's the last of a dying breed, fam. Like them old school power forwards, you yeah. don't really see those guys in the game no more. You more so get wings that play the four now. Like he's the last of that. Um, Tim Duncan, uh, obviously not saying that he's of that level, but of that ilk. Tim Duncan, KG, Dirk, um, Zach Randolph, Zach Randolph, Sheed yeah. Wallace. Them man there, the he's the last. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. he's the last. Exactly, he's the last that's, of those guys. That's why I kind of appreciate Anthony Davis. I think more than most NBA players because not that he's he's got he's got quite a similar skill 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 set to them, but he's expanded on it. So he's yeah. kind of yeah. the last of like a, a dying. Breed. He he's he's basically like the mutated version. Yeah. of those guys. I, what's his he's name? Jackson calls him calls him Tim Duncan on steroids. Yeah, so, he's a mutant. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. And it, boy, we'll see what happens, man. And that's and that's what's even funny. Like to put it even in simple terms, you've gone from being an all star contender the year before to being arguably on your way out, out of the rotation. league. Do you know what I'm saying? Out of the rotation, I like not knowing where you could end up next, and that's 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 just crazy to think. Yeah, we got to the all star segment of the show. The they have chosen to have a game. The NBA surprisingly. Don't know if they're gonna cancel it because you know there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, bad. What do you call it? Bad vibes from the players. They don't want to play the game, but regardless, we're gonna, we're, there will be an all-star team, and uh, yeah, us guys are gonna come together and give our own thoughts on who deserves to be in the all-star game. Um, obviously, a lot of guys have had big-time seasons, so there should be a lot of debate. Definitely looking forward to it, but we'll, we'll start in the East. Um, I'll give my five, and then you guys can each give your five. I have got Jalen Brown as uh, one of my starting guards. Jalen Brown had a mo- has had a monster season this year. Two-way player. Um, he's always been there. Jason Tatum's been in and out of the lineup. He's kept them afloat. They've been they've fallen short as of late. Obviously, they haven't um, kept up their their form. Have a you know not a great record. To be honest, a bad record for their team. But he's still in the lineup for me. Let me not even like give my justifications as I go through. I'll just say my five. Jalen Brown, I got Kyrie, I got KD, Giannis, and Embiid. That's my five. Nadim, what's your five? Uh 
I've got Kyrie, Bradley Bill, KD, Embiid, and Giannis. Daniel? What? I've got... Wait, who was your five, Darren? Say your five again. Same as Nadim, just he had Bradley Bill, I had Jalen Brown. So Kyrie, Jalen Brown, KD, Giannis, Embiid. Well, I have... <laughs> I have Embiid, I have Giannis, I have KD, I have Jalen Brown, and then I have Bradley Bill. <laughs> and Joe, what about you? Um, I've got the Nets big three. So I've got Kyrie, Harden, KD, Embiid, and Giannis. I know Harden played half the season in the uh, in the other conference, but for me, uh, it might be a hot tier. I think he's the best player in the Eastern Conference. So I'm getting him in that team. That's not something a lot of people agree with me on. My logic is that a James Harden-led team where he was the best player with one kick away from the NBA Finals, a Kevin Durant-led team has not reached those same heights for me because he wasn't the best player on the Warriors. So that's my logic. Um, I think you get the best players in the starting spots. Mm. I respect that's, 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 I respect a, that's a conversation for a different day because even I disagree with that. <laughs> but... Um, I was shocked. My question to you guys, though, is that obviously everyone has the Nets or everyone has Kyrie, KD, or some combination in there. My thing no, is, they don't have Kyrie. Actually, he does. He does. He no, does. he does. He does. He does. You don't have Kyrie, Daniela. No, I don't have Kyrie still because I, I just personally think that Kyrie's. He, I think Bradley Bill is being disrespected. I think he's leading the league in scoring for one, and then on top of that, he didn't. He wasn't an all star last year, and he was one of the best scorers in the league last year. I think he was top five in the league, so he deserves some respect. He deserves to be bumped straight into that starting starting lineup. And the reason why I even um, highlight that on top of that is because the Wizards. It's not like there's some situations where the best player is like a hindrance to the team, despite him stat padding and getting the numbers. Bradley Bill deserves a better team. Like he is a good player all-round play. He's got everything to have. Imagine giving Bradley Bill the career that Harden has had and give him the tools that Harden has been able... Like, it's literally down to situation. We thought Westbrook going to that team would be so much help to that team. Bro, it's been a hindrance. Obviously, I think yeah, they're on their, their biggest winning streak of the season so far, but it's been disappointing. And if we get to talk about our disappointing teams, of course, the easy team is the Wizards fam because we expected so much better from this team. And... Of, of course, I understand why you would put Kyrie there, but at the expense of Bradley Bill, I think it's disrespectful to him again, two seasons running. And then obviously Jalen Brown, for me, the reason why Jalen Brown, because obviously he's the other guard position where you could have put Kyrie is, I think Jalen Brown has taken one of the biggest steps I've seen from a guy um, in the league because I didn't think he'd be this good. You could even make the argument he'd been better than Tatum this season. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah, I just think... Yeah. Like and Tatum's supposed to be the guy leading that team, but Jalen Brown looks like he could be the go-to man to close games. Even though the Celtics have been piss poor recently, but I just think Jalen Brown is that guy. Like he's proven to me because I didn't think he'd be this good. He's proven to me he can be like the top echelon star in this league. That's why I have them two, and I think the All Star needs to be. We need to use or think about the All Star game the same way we would think about choosing an MVP. You can't just choose the best players. Like, like literally, the big three can't all have the same effect. Obviously, they're working better offensively 
than a lot of us thought. But you can't just have all of them when there's other guys in the league also performing at high levels. And that's why that's my logic for that. Yeah, I'd say Harden, I couldn't put him in the starting lineup because like the Houston situation, he probably still played more games for Houston than he has for the Nets this season. But regardless, probably about 50-50, but... Yeah, he, he mailed it in for the Nets. I still got him on for the for the Rockets. I still got him on my team, but I ain't got him as a starter. In terms of Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill is a monster, man. Like I even think I don't disagree with anything you said. Bradley Bill's a great player. Like Bradley Bill is underrated. He should have been an all-star last year, I all agree. But um he's a reserve for me. I got Kyrie Irving for me is just it's has, an all-star Kyrie, has Kyrie had a better season than Bradley Bill? Individually, you could argue, you could argue. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say that's not what makes it what, what permits you being an all star starter for me. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at from a, from a game perspective as well. Kyrie has been an all star starter for most of his career, if and he's got all star game MVP, he is like a, the epitome of someone that you want to watch. Do you know what I mean? If there's one person that you want to watch in the league, there's not many guys that you put ahead of Kyrie Irving. The only um, thing I will. Was- so for me, in response to that, just to respond, obviously, because we can do a little bit cheeky back and forth. But what I'd say is, that's my problem a little bit with the NBA these days. But you, ha- you have to be careful with finding a line between who you want to watch. So trying to fit guys like Zion or Lamelo and giving them points because they look nice and are aesthetically pleasing as players over guys who are actually having great individual seasons. And I'd, I'd even make the argument... I want to watch Bradley Bill as well, someone who's who's leading the league in scoring. It's not like he's like third, so there's an argument of like when I look at the two players, if you swapped Kyrie and Bradley Bill, will Kyrie still be doing the same thing that Bradley Bill was doing on the Wizards? I don't know. hundred percent. Leading the league in scoring. Leading the league in scoring. Kyrie is one of the best scorers the game has ever seen. Of course, but, he, would, um, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't be leading the league in scoring if he was playing for the Wizards. I'm sorry, and, but my thing is that that's not the reason I'm going to put you in an All Star game because you are uh, you you average more points than Kyrie or whatever. Kyrie's having one of the best years of his career. Kyrie is near 50, 40, 90, averaging twenty eight a game. Kyrie plays yeah. on one of yeah. the one of the best teams in the East. Bradley Bill is not really. I'm saying he ain't in that conversation in terms of his team um, where they stand. Uh, not, nothing against Bradley Bill, but I just think uh, Kyrie is just box office. My only, my last response to that is, no, nah, and I hear that. Of course he is. And that's literally his, like, if you wanted to give a catchphrase to Kyrie, like, box office, like, he's got everything you want in an all-star, you'd want from a player in an all-star game. I don't know. Maybe this is more of a question or an answer, uh, uh, an answer that Joe can give us, but... Can we remember the last guy to lead the league in scoring and not be a starter in the in the All Star game? Bradley Bill last year, I think he was second in the league in scoring. Didn't didn't make the start. He was on the bench. Westbrook, when he was averaging a triple double, and I think he led the league in scoring. He didn't start. He didn't start. He was on the bench. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it happens. Like there's a lot of guys that like put up numbers, and, and you just don't get the love that you deserve. But that's the that's the thing though, the love that you deserve. And I think he deserves the love of being a star, especially when he wasn't even an all-star at all last year. That's fair. I, I think for me, I have both Kyrie and Bradley Bill starting. I think Bradley Bill is he's he's just he's sensational. He's 
his ability to score at all three levels, to come off pin downs, his motor every single night to get to every spot on the floor is incredible. I think with Kyrie, I will make the argument and I will, if anyone wants to discuss, I think he might be the most skill point guard that's played this game. I really, really believe that every single night, he has a counter for every single defense you throw at him every single day. And the guy is just incredible. And the reason I left, I didn't have a reason for leaving Jalen Brown off the bench. I literally just went and I picked who I thought was, I thought Kyrie, I, th- I think Kyrie and Bradley Bill have had better seasons than Jalen Brown. And I think everyone here knows I love Jalen Brown. I love that Celtic duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I just think that this season, Kyrie Irving and Bradley Bill have been better than him. And it's not a knock on him. I think he's right there. And if you want to make the argument for him being a starter, that's absolutely fine. But I think I would just have Kyrie. I think Kyrie Irving and Bradley Bill have been on a slightly different level to him this season. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Joe? Why would you? Why did you put Harden above, you know, the likes of Bradley Bill, Jalen Brown? Um, I, I just think Harden is. He's better at basketball than him. You know, Harden is a superstar. <laughs> he's um, he's actually been. It's not much of a hard to be. He's been really good for the Nets. His playmaking has always been underrated. It's never really been talked about. Uh, I just think he is, you know, even if he's not the best player in the conference, he's, what, third at worst? I would accept Giannis ahead of him, and I would accept um, KD. I wouldn't agree with either of them, but I'd accept it. I think the thing with Beal is, like, you know, I'm a fan of his, but if you look at sort of efficiency as well, uh, Harden trumps him in that for sure so obviously it's a bit harsh because James Harden's playing with Kevin Durant Curry yeah he's Joe taking Harris, much less shots this, whereas this Bradley year. Bradley Beal's playing with Garrison Matthews um <laughs> the corpse of Robin Lopez and Davis Bertans who's not having a good season so yeah, the thing is like I, I definitely would accept Beal more than Jalen I think some I think with Jalen I think because he's made a jump uh, it's a big jump, you know, it's, it matters. It's not one I thought he would make. I think maybe sometimes people might overrate that a little bit. But how, is the post-jump Jalen Brown better than James Harden? I would go with not even close. Um, yeah, a player. That's, that's why it is. And it's also, I agree with the thing about the game being a spectacle. One of the first All-Star games I watched was when was the year the Hawks won 60 games and Jeff Teague and Kyle Corver were in the All-Star game. That was a yeah. terrible All-Star game. It's just kind of shooting five threes, man. It's terrible. So, you know, you want the entertaining guys. You don't want Jeff Teague and Paul Millsap coming in and you know, <laughs> trying all the little graphic players. Yeah, you you know, you want the entertainers and, you know, Harden's going to bring you that. I, yeah. I, I, I say this, though. I think the trade saga made people forget just how good James Harden is as one of the premier perimeter players in the NBA that we've seen in the last 10 to Maybe ever. That's how good of a player he is. So I think the trade saga really like all that talk about oh stay away from James Harden and all that. Oh the Heat shouldn't trade Tyler Hero for him. All that talk made people like really underestimate how good this guy has been. And people always use it against him about playoff success and all that stuff. And yes, maybe he hasn't had the success that he should have had or he was capable of having. But what this guy has done in the last few years has been in, it's been one of the most unreal basketball tears we've seen. In a long, long time, probably ever. He's he's a guaranteed playoff spot for me. Yep. You know, I, I firmly believe if you put him on the Washington Wizards um, over Bradley Beal, this is not a knock at Beal. I'm a fan of his. I've always defended him. 
uh, James Harden would lead the Wizards to the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. And that's because and that's and that's because Harden is a better player than Bradley Bill. Yeah. I just I just think though when you when you when you look at a guy like Bradley Bill and his game, I think we're well, I think you guys are a little bit you're on the side of underrating his game just a tad. And the reason why I say that is because when we even bring up the example of the Jeff Teagues and the Kyle Culvers being in the All-Star game, I think of a guy like Chris Middleton being in the All-Star game last year, mm-hmm. where it's like, that that's the kind of guy who are off the back of having a good season. And uh, in fact, a very good season. Yeah, he's in the All-Star game. Bradley Bill's a box office guy as well, you know. When you watch yeah, this There's only five starters, though. We're not no, talking reserves, we're talking starters. No, of course, of course, and I get that. But my point is, is that, like situations matter in it, and and Bradley Bill's situation, he he's literally the victim of his own loyalty, and he's in a situation which is affecting him so much, so that he's even like think about the guys on the even put Bradley Bill on the Jazz and swap him out with Donovan Mitchell. Imagine what he could be doing on that team. He'd be getting so much more respect that that than he's getting now, and that's why I think he deserves to be a starter because I honestly believe if you put him on a different situation. You'll be seeing the same things you're seeing from him. He's not going to take a drop. No, I, I, not. I agree with you because that's why I had Bradley Blue Star in as well. I think people underrate the fact that he's comfortable in the mid range. He has the one dribble pull up. He can hit the three. He can come off screens. He's a great slasher. And he's just a high energy and do everything guy. And people underrate how good this guy is. I think, obviously, James Harden is a. If you were having just the all star team and just had the best players, and James Harden gets in over him, but that of doesn't. Course. Yeah, that doesn't take away from the fact that Bradley Bill is sensational. I don't even need to look at stats. I just need to watch the guy to see how good this guy is. How he's no offensive weakness. He has zero flaws in his game, and you just you just have to appreciate just how good a player this guy is. And it's like the argument we make in football. Sometimes, yeah, fair enough. Bradley Bill has the stats in his corner, but sometimes you need to watch the game to fully understand that he is a box office level talent. And let's not forget, like. Bradley Bill was like the second option to Harden that the Nets were very, very interested in getting. And if you had Bradley Bill, James, I mean, Bradley Bill, Kyrie Irving and KD, people would still be saying they can win the chip over the Lakers. It's not like it would change, like just because they have Harden. Yeah, he ain't bringing you what Harden's bringing you. Harden's leading the league in assists by a mile. And that's the dynamic that Harden brings. I'm not not leaving that against Bill. I'm just saying that. There's Bro, levels in it. I, I, I've already understood, fam. There's no argument to, to saying who's the better player. And Harden's even said, let me take a step back a bit in terms of um, how many shots I'm taking and let me assist and be the point guard. Kyrie even came out the other day and said, um, Harden is the point guard of our team. But I just think that we're not comparing Harden and Bill. That's not the comparison. We're comparing, we're looking at their individual seasons and looking at how much put like I think Harden I mean I think Bill has put so much into the season. It's just that because of how bad his team is, we're not getting the same result out. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think yeah, no. he just got to factor that in. But yeah, I guess he's better. not because I'm because I'm the anomaly. I guess he can't be a a, sh- a lock in in it. No, and Jim has him as a starter as well, isn't it? But either oh, way, it's a it's what we can do is have our locks in it because I I doubt we're gonna come to a consensus because we we all agree Embiid. Giannis, KD, um, that's it. That's it. Kyrie, we were Kyrie, um, Bill. Apart from me, regardless, I'm, I'm going through the um, guys that are locks in it. Yeah, Bill's a lock because you three had him, and not only in the starters, in I'm just going on the team. Bill's a lock, 
So that's uh, oh. that's five. Jalen Brown is a lock. That's six. Yeah. Does everyone agree Jalen Brown is a lock? Harden is yeah, a lock. James Harden. Harden's yeah. a lock. That's seven. Yeah. So now let me um, list some other guys and you guys can say if um, they're locks or not and everyone can give their thoughts. Um, let's start with Jason Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he's a lock. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's eight guys. I don't even I think, think we need to speak about him either. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got him as a lock. Middleton? Yeah. No, no way. Nah. I got Middleton as a lock. Yeah, I haven't got Middleton. You man don't have Middleton? Nah. Yeah. I don't. It's not, it's, for me, it's not what he doesn't do, which is what other guys are doing right now. More than exactly. Anything. Same. Let's, let's, but let's listen, come back. Middleton, let's come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, 50, 40, 90 on one of the best teams in the league, but we'll come the back re- to him. One, one quick point to that, though. The reason why I'm... Of course, 50, 40, 90 is crazy, isn't it? And in other years... You'd be looking at that and saying, "Yeah, that's the bro." Let's let's just put it into perspective. Only nineteen guys averaged 20, 20 points per game last season. Yeah, this season I think there's about 35, 35 guys averaging twenty points. No, I think it was more than nineteen. I'm pretty sure it was more than nineteen. I, th- I think it was only nineteen. You know, check. You could check it. You could check it. No, I'm sure because I, I I think I remember someone mentioning it on a podcast that last year was the highest it's ever been in terms of guys averaging more than twenty. It was around thirty. All, all I'm saying, 36. my my point is the jump from last season and this season is dramatic, in it? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, that's just scoring though. Middleton's got the efficiency. He's one of the most efficient players in the league. That's where his bread is buttered. Let's 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 go around in it. Who who else? Have yeah. We got? Um. So we had eight. Next guy I got Trey Young. No. Yeah. Oh, you said no, Joe. Yeah, I've got no on Trey Young. How come? I want to know why. I think he's been very inconsistent this year. Whether that's on his him is another question. I don't think Lloyd Pierce lets him play as much as I'd like him to. Uh, but he had a stretch. The thing is, it is a small sample size, but when you're picking between guys this good, it has to come into it. He had a stretch yeah. at the start of the season where he was just not scoring efficiently. Yeah. Week one, uh, actually. The whole week one. Yeah, he struggled at the start. Um and this year, he does have good supporting cast. I know Hunter and Bogey are out, but he's still got John Collins, Clint Capella, um, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, although Gallinari does look very out of shape. Uh, for me, he's not a lock. He, if someone has him in their team, I'm not going to really argue against it. He's not in mine, um, but I wouldn't have him as a lock. I just think he's been not consistent as some of the other Quickly guys. Nadim. Quickly, Nadim. If I had a, que- a follow-up question to that, though, when you look at the arguments you were making for some of the, obviously, the upper echelon guys in terms of spectacle and pick, obviously, we're picking at straws. What, Chris Middleton, you'd rather have him in the in the All-Star game over Trey Young? Yeah, for me, it's like a two, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, Middleton's not exciting to watch. I've always said that. Um, unless you're really into, like, mid-range, uh, then he's great, I guess. But he's a... Uh, 50, 40, 90 is really difficult. You know, the players historically who hit that, Dirk used to hit it a lot. Um, it's not easy to hit. And he takes tough shots as well. It's not like he stands yeah. in the corner hitting threes. He takes fadeaways, post-ups. And um, he closes games for them as well. Yeah, I think to he hit those to... shots as efficiently as he does, I just think he's boring. And if someone doesn't want him in the All-Star game, that's fine. But for me, like, when you put the actual basketball player into it. It's the same argument I give for Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is not exciting to watch, but when a guy is that impactful on winning, I just don't think you can leave him out. 
Yeah, that's why I'm not with it. To defend Trey Young a bit, I think Trey Young is kind of the 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 point you make when you say making wholesale changes to a roster isn't always the best idea because they added so many pieces out of due free agency and doing the uh, I think jobs and trading and all these guys as well and then you expected the the step up that Hunter has made and John Collins as well playing for a contract and 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 Cam Reddish trying to take that step up so I think there was a lot of mouths to feed so that hierarchy at the start of the season looked a bit shaky. But I think it's been fine recently. Uh, more than I, I like Trey Young. I think, I think he's. I think I love his. I love how he plays the game. I, I just love watching him play. So I, I'd have Trey Young in there. More than, over. So got, I think we might have to. We might have to slip Trey Young in there. You know, Joe, because we got we got eight guys at the moment. Three of us are saying he's in. But let it's, me it's name some other Sabonis. It's a bonus. Yeah, that's what I was just about to mention. Sabonis. Has everyone got Sabonis? I don't have Sabonis. I, I didn't. I had. It was him. I had, I had him, but I'm happy to not have him. Anyway. Yeah, same. Right, same. Let, let, let me keep going through. See if we can come to a ninth guy. Uh, ben Simmons. No. No. Okay. Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everyone's got Bam Adebayo. Yeah, yeah. All right, and he can be a lock. I didn't have him down, but he was a guy that I when they didn't mention him when he was talking about the Miami. That's why I was like. But yeah, I'm good with Bam Adebayo being a lock. That's nine that's guys. That's nine guys. So we got three three spots. I mentioned Zach Levine. Zach yes. Levine. Has anyone got yeah, Zach Levine? Yeah, yeah, I've got him. I've yeah, got I got him. Zach Levine as well. So that's ten ten guys now. I'll just argue for him. And we, we gotta give Trey. I think Trey has to be in because Trey has got just as good of an argument as Zach Levine for me. Zach Levine just been more efficient, but Trey he's got he leads he's better in assists. Very offensive juggernauts the two of them, but. I think we gotta have both of them in. So, so we got the last guy. Exactly. Um, How many? We got it's between Ben Simmons, because yeah, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton. Um, you got Bob the bonus, Jeremy Grant, Gordon um, Hayward, say, say, uh, Gordon uh, Hayward, Julius Randle, Julius Randle. I put Randle in in the end. I was down to him, and the other one might people might disagree. I had Tobias Harris. I know yes. that might be a little bit left field. And he's yeah. again he's boring, but 50, 40, 90 as well. You know, he's been the difference for them this season. He's why they've gone from middle seed to, to top seed. There, but Harris has been really good. But I did go for Randall because Randall's leading a team to the playoffs at the moment. He's their best player. Uh, he sets the tone on both ends. So for, I, I had Randall. Um, I did have Middleton. Um, I don't have Trey. Yeah, I think that's the difference, man. Randall has to, the reason why Randall has to be in there is because, like, let's, let's be real, the Knicks have been like bad, as in like really, really bad for a long time, and he's he's like leading them to the playoffs, putting them on his back. Like, he's putting so. up, put up big time numbers as well. Big time. Yeah, what, what, one of the things I love seeing is when you can see the the work the guy puts in the off season. Like, you can see that Julius Randall has clearly been working on his handle and to make himself a lot more shiftier on the offensive end and you see that now and I think one thing that helps him as well is now he's the go-to guy and he knows he's the go-to guy as well so he acts like it and he has that confidence in him so yeah that's why I had him as an all-star because he's dragging a franchise that really and truly should not be in the position that they are now into yeah. being in the into the, in the playoffs yeah so I guess Julius Randle runs, runs out the lineup a couple guys didn't make it but all the, all the guys that we had in there are, are deserving um, how many spots did I thought it was 11 was it 12? Uh, no, 
That was the last spot because we gave oh, yeah. uh, Trey. We put Trey in. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, that was 12. Um, cool. Move over to the West. Yeah, everyone get their starting fives out. I got um, Dame, Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic. That's my five. Nadim? Yeah, I had the same as you. Dame, Steph, Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic. Daniel? I had the, I had the same five. <laughs> I was, I was, it was a toss-up between um, um, Steph and Doncic, but you got to put Steph, man. That's no toss up. Steph has been that. That was the only like if there was to be a because the Warriors are the Warriors, but it's, it's, right it's more so Dame. It's more so Dame or Doncic. It's yeah. more so Dame or Doncic. Nah, Dame is in the that Steph and Dame are both in that like MVP yeah, conversation. Yeah. It. So that's, that's why. Do you know what? it's true? It's true. Joe, what about you? Uh, Steph, Luca, Kawhi, LeBron. Okay, you had Luca, yeah. Being like the lineup. What's the reason for having um, Luca over Dame? Exactly. Um, he's got no supporting cast in Dallas, in my opinion. Uh, Paul Zingis is a one-way player. The rest of the team is atrocious. Um, I know CJ's injured, but he's still got a good system. There, they got guys. Gary Trent would be probably Luca's second best teammate. Very underrated. They got Roko. They. They got DJJ. There's just there's more there for me, but it's close. And I think Luca's a much better playmaker, possibly a, uh, definitely a better defender as well. So um, Dane's a better shooter, but in terms of everything else, I've got Luca. No, I can't blame you, man. Luca's Luca's Luca, fam. He's always a monster. You can argue. I think what I think what it is for me, the 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 problem I have is that Luca's. Let's like, like let's not get twisted. Luca was predicted to win the MVP this year by most bookmakers, mm-hmm. isn't it? But his numbers are good enough, though. It's just the wins, not to win it, though. He he's not even in the top five. I'd make the argument he's not in the top five. Yeah, because of because of the wins, though, not because, because of, the, of the wins. But um, what's it called? Dame is get Dame doesn't have CJ right now, and he's getting wins for Portland. Or no, or, or yeah, Covington's exactly. been out this season. I think Rodney Hood is coming back from what's it Achilles. Yeah, so he doesn't even count. He's been. I feel like every single time Damian Lillard steps on the basketball floor, I feel like he has he has the right to feel like he's the best point guard in the game. Like he, no, he 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 constantly wills his teams to vic- no matter who's on the floor, no matter who's injured, and it always seems to be that someone is injured or key players are injured, and it's always Dame carrying that franchise. The guy just and the one thing I love about Dame is the fact that you see opposing offenses go up and then pass the ball for like. No, 22 seconds to find an open guy to get a shot. Damian Lillard comes down the court and it's that Steph Curry mindset where he just pulls up from 30 and he makes it. And he makes it so it's so easy that it deflates you. So that's yeah. what I love about Dame. That's why for me, I think he's him and Steph for me, they separated themselves on that gospel this season. I didn't even, I didn't oh, even think it was a conversation. It's, it's it's simple for me. When when you're predicted to be the MVP, and I wouldn't even put you above the guy who no one really expected to be in the race like that. I have to put Dame and Dame, Dame's box office as well. Dame was called the best when Steph was out. He was called the best in the in the league. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It was only Luca coming for the crown. And really and truly, can you say Luca's ripped the crown off Dame if you exclude Curry? Uh, not not necessarily. No, I wouldn't say so. If you yeah, were defining an MVP, you probably define Dame because of what he's had to do these last few years for that team. And when you compare it, you know, both of them had their supporting cast like tarnished, you know what I'm saying? Luca, because of bad construction of the team, 
um, Dame because of injuries. You know what I mean? And Dame has kept his team afloat. More so, he's got them at the full seed right now. 18 and 10. Wow, man, them are injured. That is super impressive. Luca, them man are 13 and 15 right now. And they've been disappointing. And for me, that's the difference. But um, let's move on to the reserves. Um, we got six locks. So obviously, um, Dame, Luca, Steph, those guys are all locks. So let me get to a little bit deeper. AD, everyone got AD as a lock? Yeah. 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 So AD's a lock. Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, eight guys. Um, Rudy Gobert? Yeah. yeah. I, got, yeah. I got Rudy. Daniel nah. Nadim, Rudy? But I've, I've nah. got Rudy. I've got Rudy. Wait, you don't have Rudy? Nah. nah. It's more, as again, it's more of what other people are doing than what he's not doing. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see who you put. Who did you put over him then, I guess? Who's your uh, other big man? Do you have another big man or wing? I didn't have another big man. Nah, I had uh, I had Ingram. Yeah, well, oh, Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I didn't remember. I forgot there's another big man to put. I guess he would be there, I guess. So we got eight locks at the moment. Let's see if we can get another one. Actually, Rudy's basically a lock. Three of us had I give, Rudy. I give, I give, yeah. I give you a yeah. yeah. Rudy's a lock. That's that's nine. Uh CP three. Yeah. No. Nah. I, I don't have him. Nah. All right, cool. So that's, that's oh, what I, I had him. But he's yeah, looking at my look, looking at my list. I don't have him now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, to be um, fair, I didn't. I I have him, but I didn't have him as a lock. I grouped it into three. So yeah, I, I group, so yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue hard against it. Yeah, I had him yeah. grouped with with uh, Shea and Jamaran. Okay, so what, what about those good? But no, Shea has been. No, no, people bro, don't know how mad Shea. Trust me, but the guy that I believe should be a lock. What you lot don't have Zion. I've got Zion. I Zion was a guy that I, I yeah, I've got Zion. I've got Zion. Zion's in there, man. Did you say Paul George? Oh, yeah, George. you didn't say Paul George. I have Paul yeah, George as well. Paul George, you don't yeah, have Paul George. Darren, you don't yeah. have Paul George. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> no, no, not, not, not because of not because that he hasn't he's not been all star caliber, just because he's missed so many games, isn't it? Okay. But, but he's like almost fifty he's almost fifty fifty and ninety now. Yeah, yeah. No, listen. Statistically, he's been like, I, we can. He's gonna be in. So I'm saying, but I just didn't put him on my list because um the injuries and that. But um, guys, yeah. So we said. Anybody have Booker? Yeah, Booker was my last guy, the final guy. Wait, let's let's confirm the other guys before we get to Booker. So, I think we had nine guys because I put Rudy was the ninth. So Zion is Zion in at ten? Yeah. Joan yeah, Adim. Yeah, I had Zion. I'll give it yeah. three to one. I got Zion at ten, and then who's the guy we just mentioned? Paul George. Paul, Paul George. George. Paul George. Uh, do you have Zion over Brandon Ingram? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Zion. Zion's. has been facts. Zion's been the a monster this season. He's been the the guy, best yeah. Yeah. Scorer in the league this year. Yeah. sixty percent from the field. Exactly. We don't appreciate no, no, no. Ingram, Ingram is is an honourable mention. Like, but I don't, I wouldn't put him above Zion. And what makes it even easier for me to analyze them is they're on the same team. And I've I've been watching the Pelicans, and Zion's the guy. Like, Zion's the guy. That's where they are. What Ingram? No, that's why the Pelicans are where they are because they're on the same team. Zion. That's the issue. No, I think I think 
I don't know. Let me okay. Let me not, let me refrain. I don't think at this point in time in Zion's career you can run an offense to him. I don't think he's developed that skill set yet where he can run the offense to him. I think Brandon Ingram is of that ilk where he has no flaws in his game right now where you can't do that. That's why I think they are where they are, and that's why I think they're struggling. But okay, that's 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 my argument. But I mean. I'd have Ingram over Zion, but fair enough, fair enough. No, it's fair, but I can't lie. Zion, <laughs> the past like month or two, like since they shifted their offense or so, like he has been on another level. Like the efficiency, the um, just just the way that he attacks the basket. Now, he, he reminds me of LeBron in the sense that they're bulldozers and they know they're bulldozers. They know you can't stop them. So when they want to attack and they choose to attack, there's nothing you can do around you. So exactly. So Zion, was that? 11 guys or 10? That's 11, isn't it? That's 11. So, one more. So, we got one more spot for because the guys that we didn't agree on, um, D Book, yes, I, I don't think we agreed on CP3. Um, you can throw in Matt Conley. Um, oh, yeah, Matt Conley's he's a, he's on. I actually wanted to shout him out. He's having a great season, especially because I grilled him for his playoffs, um, yeah. and how badly he supported um Donovan Mitchell, especially when he was supposed to be like the experienced vet guard paired with the up-and-comer and whatnot. But he's having he's, a very um, good season. He's been the main difference this year because Mitchell's not yeah. a particularly efficient scorer. But because exactly. Conley can run because Conley can run the offense now, he gets more spot-up threes. So that's yeah. why Mitchell looks better than than he has been in previous years. Uh, I had Chris Paul. I just want to run one name by you guys. Yeah. I didn't have him in because he's injured, but I like what Christian Wood has done this year. I agree. Yeah, no, he's been so efficient, so yeah. efficient. Yeah. Yeah. He was going. He was. Go- if he didn't get injured, I think he would have been, in- and it would have been crazy, and it would have been hard to see he would have got dropped, but he would have been on the team. And what's mad is I've been screaming this guy's name like every, even when the draft class was like when uh, I'm sorry, the free agency list was released for this season, and everyone was saying this is probably one of the worst free agency lists. I was saying. Whoever gets Christian Wood is getting a quality, quality piece. And let's let's be real, like the Rockets, like with him in the team, were looking very, very good. Like him, John Wall, and Boogie together, they were working, and it was working really nicely up until his injury. So no, nah, he's definitely hey, an honorable mention. Another guy we have to shout out, CJ McCollum. Before CJ McCollum yeah. got injured, yeah, he, he was having the up. best, the best yeah, season of his yeah. career, putting up ridiculous yeah. numbers. Yeah, so nah. just to clarify, do we have Devin Booker or not? Because uh, no, nah, that, I don't. No, nah. Devin Booker. Devin Booker was my final guy, to be fair. So, uh, but what, let's let's say the, the guys that are in contention for that final spot, because uh, sure. D Book is obviously in contention. Um, CP three, you got to choose who the most valuable guy on that team. That's an interesting yeah. one. Um, we mentioned Mike Conley, um, Shay, John Morant. So, Joe, who would you say deserves that last spot? We'll let everyone plead their case. I had, I had Chris Paul. I'm going to stick with it. He's, um, for me, the Suns are where they are because they're an elite defensive team. Uh, now, obviously, they got Mikhail Bridges, who's excellent on that end, but 
Paul is the tone setter for that team. Uh, Booker, for me, is very good player. He's the same player he was last year for me. There might be some Suns bloggers out there who disagree, but Paul, he runs the offense. He's yeah. the one who is bringing everyone else up to standard. Now, obviously, that's a weird reason to choose someone for an all-star game. But if you're asking me, you know, who deserves it, it's him. You know, his body of work speaks for itself. And he's continued that uh, into this season. The only thing that um, put me not having him is I think he's worse than he was last year. But I don't necessarily think that's a knock on him because he was elite last year. He was, he had an argument as one of the most high-performing point guards in the game. Um, So I'm going to stick with Paul. But I would say I would agree with Daniel that if Christian Wood hadn't got injured, it would be him in there. He was uh, he was something else. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you, man. I got CP3 as I got D book written down, but I had CP3 higher on uh, on the list. So um, if if I'm choosing between, I think Jaron Fox has a very good argument. Like he is having a monster season as well. What, what he's doing uh, needs to get um, love as well. But if I'm gonna pick one guy for the final spot, I got to go with CP3, man. He is. The spoon that makes the, the the drink go. Do you know what I mean? He what is what makes that team go. Um, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, those guys are eating because because Chris Paul's running the show. Do you know what I mean? As you said, you're accurate. Devin Booker hasn't improved to the extent that we'd expect him to because I believe this team would be in a better position if you know those guys had got it going together. Because if you look at the numbers, um, they're actually better when only one of them is on the court. Do you know what I'm saying? When both of them are on the court together, their net rating actually is, I, feel, I believe, is negative. Do you know what I mean? So that's 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 a detriment. And um, I believe they're better when Chris Paul's on the court alone, Do you know I mean? in terms of plus minus. So um, that, that stands out. But yeah, I, I think in terms of translating to wins, Chris Paul is the main reason why this team it, it is where they are in terms of cool. wins. And as, much as, as much as I agree with what you're saying, there's some stats that we need to stop looking at. And, like, fair enough, we're looking at a team who's the fifth seed in, in, in the West, in it? So, like, having that stat of they're better when one of them is on the court is a nothing thing to me because in the playoffs, they're both going to be on the court. That's one thing. Yeah, the second part, All-Star game, though, isn't it? That's the point. I know, but that's that's not a stat that, in my opinion, that puts you in the All-Star game over... Like, you're, you're literally... No, but if, even... You said it. We're talking about guys on the same team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's easier to see. Of course, you can say that Chris Paul is the glue that makes everything stick. But who's the best player on that team? It's Devin Booker. He's the closer. He's the he's the guy who's going to be taking the shots. Of course, Chris Paul, the experienced vet, the person who... Fam, we saw him. Bro, trust me. I, I know how good Chris Paul is, especially coming off that season with OKC. But I'm saying Devin Booker is the guy who deserves to be in the All-Star game because he's that, like... That wild card guy, like that that box office guy. People are going to watch the Suns not because of Chris Paul. They're going to watch because of Devin Booker. And on top of that, I mean, I think it's a bit not unfair, but a bit um, is the word inaccurate to say that he hasn't improved. I think what you have to remember is the team is just a lot more efficient now. Where a lot of their things or a lot of their game is translating to wins a lot more than it was. But that's because of the player Devin Booker was. They've brought in a guy who has been able to steer the ship. But steering the ship doesn't necessarily mean you're the all-star guy. It's just a bit like the Rondo effect. It's a bit like, um, obviously, LeBron's an all-star, but it's the LeBron effect as well in terms of steering the ship. Devin Booker's still leading that team in scoring. He's the, he's the dominant scorer on that team. And I, 
it's not even about leaning towards him. Devin Booker is the all-star on that team. And I just think it's, it's clear to see, really. Especially when Chris Paul, as a player, has regressed. Of course, he steered the ship, but he has regressed as a player. And even to go off points, to piggyback off the points that Joe and Darren have even made previously, we're talking about the all-star game. We're talking about guys that we want to see. Who do you want to see? Chris Paul or Devin Booker? I want to see Devin Booker. And he has that in his pocket, isn't it? Nadim? For me, I would probably head them both in. But if you're making me choose, Devin Booker is an all-world talent, three-level scorer. And for me, he gets in. I think the guy is sensational. There's no weakness, I think, offensively. Well, there's there's no clear weakness in this guy's game. There's no way you put him on the court that he doesn't feel comfortable to score. That's what makes him an all-star for me. So he's been an all-star for me for the last three, four years. He didn't get in. He gets in this. He's supposed to be in this game the, the thing for me is that the reason why they've actually improved this year is because they're a great defensive team. And a lot of that is down to Chris Paul. In terms of this team, Chris Paul is the, do you know what I mean? He's the difference on the end of the floor. But you also but put that down to Jay Crowder's contribution on coming in, DeAndre Ayton's leap as a player as well. So it's not just like, look, Chris Paul's one of my favorite players, but it's not just him. He's made a difference, and all that Phoenix Phoenix Sun organization has been crying out for was a point guard, and they got one of the best. And Nadim, so, Nadim, my point even to what they're saying is, you're even making my argument for me. Look, the NBA, as much as yeah, of course, defense wins you ch chips and championships. You know, it's an offensive game. It's all about the offensive guys, the offensive weapons on the team. And at the end of the day, Devin Booker is the best offensive weapon on that team, clearly. As in, like, clearly, it's not even an argument. And the game, he needs to be yeah. in that team. Like, The game will always come down to a bucket. Will always come down but, to but, a bucket. Yeah, if we're choosing based on... Go on, go on. No, yeah. go on, go on. That's why I highlighted the defense, because the reason why Devin Booker's even in the conversation is because they're, they're, they're getting more wins. Do you know what I'm saying? Devin Booker has been putting up numbers for years. Devin Booker's been averaging 28... 26 a game for years. But the reason why we're having conversations about him being all-star game now is because they're getting more wins. And they're I doing that because question. of what they're doing on the defensive end. And that's down to Chris Paul. Let me ask you a question then. If if um, the Wizards were getting more wins um, and because they improved their defense, Westbrook coming in improved the defense, but Bill was still scoring at the same level, um, would you say Westbrook goes into the all-star all -star team over Bill because Westbrook got more wins for the Wizards. Oh, it's not even a comparison in terms of who's the better player right now between Westbrook and Bill. That's the point. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you can make who's an better? argument about who's the better player. You can definitely argue about who's the better player. De who's that's the what better I'm player, saying. Darren? Who's let, the better player? Let, Darren, wait, let me who's make the a point. better player? Let me, a, let me make a point. Don't let the numbers... Gas you. It's, it's not about the numbers. But it's you're not about the numbers. Why is everybody you just brought, you just, why you just brought up the better player? No, you're saying it's not about the numbers, but you literally brought up the numbers saying that Devin Booker yeah, no, because I'm not I'm not talking about points, rebounds, and assists. I'm talking about impact on the court. That's the the numbers that I'm pointing to. Yeah, but Chris okay, Chris Paul went into the Rockets and the Rockets became like Joe even said, the Rockets were what? Uh, uh, a Chris Paul injury away from winning the chip. Chris Paul was the difference on that Rockets team, but Harden was the better player. And Harden goes into the all star. Yeah, team but Devin Booker ain't on the Harden level though. And they Harden led that team to the playoffs every year before Chris Paul got there. Has Devin really? Booker done that once? No, That's but the point 
That's, exactly. That's so unfair. That's unfair. That's the truth. Situations again. Situations again. When was the last time Bradley? Bill no, but he compared. He compared the Devin Booker situation to the Harden situation. I'm saying Chris Paul going to join Harden is different I'm because I'm Harden was carrying that team for years. Situation no, the, key because we can also argue that Bradley Bill never got that team to the playoffs without John. And and Nadim, on top of that, you're you're looking at the situation. And Joe, I don't know if you agree with this, but you're looking at the situation literally situation for situation. Brad, Devin Booker's huge issue was getting to the playoffs. Harden's huge issue was getting past the getting to the NBA Finals. He he. Let's say he would have got there if Chris Paul wasn't injured. And Devin Booker is going to get to the playoffs because Chris Paul is available. It's the same. It's the same thing. If you look, it's situation. The situations because are very. What are we're trying thing. to achieve is two different things. That's the point. Yeah, yeah but no, that's because but that's because honestly, of what the team requires. Can you honestly look at that Phoenix Suns team the last few years and say that they're a playoffs team without Devin? Exactly. He was the only shining light that they had. I, I don't know. What I will say is... Bro, no. Look at the Sacramento Kings. You could have... They, they were near... I think they were game out to making the playoffs. Do you look at them now and say, oh, they're a playoff team? I don't get that. What's the link? What's the link? That just because they haven't been in the playoffs, that doesn't mean that they're not a team that's capable of getting to the playoffs. Were the Suns capable of getting to the playoffs in the West? Did you see their roster? Last year. Last year, were they? Oh, I, I think you can definitely make an argument no, that they were. No, no, they were. No, okay, no, that's why I brought no, up the Sacramento weren't. Kings. That's why I brought up the Sacramento Kings. When they were near to making the playoffs, I believe they missed it by a game, no one would have said that is a playoff team. No one's going to say you're a playoff team until you prove it. That's the whole point. And Devin Booker no, has a No, no, no. no but the Kings at least had talent. They had their exactly. healed. Marvin Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, Harrison Barnes, okay, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges. They, uh, they had Rubio last year. You're comparing, that to, what, you're comparing that to what the Kings had? Yes! Oh my God. <laughs> to be honest, let's, let's, let's um, try and tie it up. Joe, you have the final say. You get to pick and you get to tie, up, tie it all up because we could argue for, for years. The only thing I'd say in that discussion, I think you guys are underrating Chris Paul as a scorer. Um, he's arguably the best mid-range scorer to ever play the game. He's a savant from inside there. You know, he's the Thunder offense last year was built around. They had three point guards who were, and he was the most efficient. And then Schroeder and SGA would just pick on the second and third best defenders because the best defender was on him. You know, he's a great scorer as well, efficiency-wise. He, mm. You know, he's never going to be a volume scorer. That's not in his game. He's a playmaker. He plays defense. He puts guys in the right spots. Um, I'm going to stick with Paul. The, the, the thing with Booker for me is, is that my argument is I don't think the scoring difference is that big between them. It's different type of scoring. Booker's a volume scorer. Paul is more of a kind of efficiency scorer. Takes fewer shots. But I don't think the gap is that big. I think Paul proved last year that him as the lead scoring guard on a team and him as the number one option can lead to success. And I think he's gone in there this year. He set the culture on both sides of the ball. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have him in. You know, it's going to ruffle some feathers. And wait, wait, before you guys go, thank you, Joe. You just brought me back to a point. Last year, who had the Thunder making the playoffs? Who in hell had the Thunder making the playoffs? No, no, no. See, if you left it no to one's me, they're both in. They're both in. If you left it to me, fam, we're not even. Yes, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's literally, we're, we're like, 
It's yeah. apples and oranges. It's literally what you prefer. And I, I'm, I think we're during the argument we got confused in misunderstanding. Of course, we understand the level of importance and impact that Chris Paul has. And if anyone has him in the team, it's not an argument. Obviously, we were just making our point to the last um, spot that was available in mm -hmm. our consensus all-star teams in it so of course chris paul is definitely assuring for that um for the all-star if if in in, a, in another person's team in it the only point we were making is literally or the point that i still stand by is fam when you look at the suns of course you can look at the point that chris paul's coming and set the turn instead of in terms of offense and in terms of playmaking ability. in terms of wins that's and, what he's done yeah yeah and he's, he's made everything translate into wins and i i agree with that however when i look at the the two guys Again, when it's tough in terms of definitively saying who's the better player, I look at maybe who's the box office player rather than um, the a lot of the the stats and the intangibles of oh what happened here, what happened here. Like let's look at the players, let's look at who we want to see in the All Star game, and I just rather see Devin Booker than Chris Paul. And it would be a good time to give him his. I think this would be his first All Star game as well. Like no, he made it last year. He made it last year. So yeah, I mean yeah. But it's not, it's, not, it's not that deep. It's, it's, it's a yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not against Devin Booker. It was an interesting uh, debate uh, between the two of them. But um, yeah, I guess that, that is our lineup, man. We did miss out like a couple guys. Like um, Mike Conley. We mentioned Mike Conley. Deserved a shout out. De'Aaron Fox, John Morant. Like, there's a lot of guys that had big time seasons that didn't make it. But yeah, um, yeah I, I want to watch the game as well. I, I wonder how the players are going to approach it because. A lot of them are going in with uh, negative perceptions of it, but I, I, guess, I don't I want to see if that will translate to, to on the court. But um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave it that's there, innit? We'll, yeah, that's where we'll wrap it up, man. I appreciate you again, Joe, for coming on once again, as usual. Great insight, the usual stuff. Um, just um, let the people know where they can find you and where they can find your articles as well. Yes, yeah, so my Twitter handle is Joe Holbert NBA. Um, I cover the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, but I do a lot of film threads and X's and O's deep dives as well. So yeah, yeah. If you want to learn about the game, uh, just have a read on my timeline. And if anyone has any questions for me, I always reply to DMs. And what I would say on top of that, obviously everything's going to be in the description. But what I'll say is for a lot of the M the UK NBA casuals who just look at Steph Curry, LeBron, um, and all the big <laughs> names. I think if you look at, if you, no, but seriously, if you actually go and follow Joe's tweets and you look at some of the film he dives into, you can understand the game a lot more. The same way we are, try to understand football, the formations, 4-2-3-1, learn a lot about play, play, player decisions. I've learned a lot from just literally scouring through his page, do you know what I'm saying? Just to learn more about the game and it's definitely something to, to visit. But Nadim, Darren, as usual, appreciate you guys. Till next Tuesday and we're trying to make it more consistent now. We've been really slacking with the NBA stuff. Football's just been hectic right now. Obviously NFL's been been great. Season's been season done now. Um, so NBA is literally going to be on the, the top of the agenda now. So yeah man, we're pushing towards, pushing towards the playoff. Pushing towards playoff season. But once again you guys appreciate it. Eyes on the ball, we out.